It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's usually a lot louder than that. The party can well and truly begin now, and Sheffield United can really think about Premiership football now next season. I'd never envisaged that, you know, chanting one account this time last year, yeah. That's football, isn't it? I want to beat Plymouth so much, lads. We're in London. That's the difference, hey? We're in London, aren't we? Queen's Park Rangers promoted, worthy champions. The fans celebrate, the players are going berserk. Neil Warnock is on the pitch, waving his arms around like a windmill. The yards are going up. You've got to die to get three points if we're going to go promotion. What a season for Cardiff City. Neil Warnock has rebuilt the club in 18 months. He's taken them from the bottom of the championship back into the Premier League. It's got to be the best job I've ever done in my life, really, in, in, in football. Bar none, really. Better than playing in championship, isn't it? Born to be Hello, I'm Alan Brazil, and welcome to a very special programme with the one and only Neil Warnock. Last week he broke the record for the most games managing English league clubs, reaching an incredible 1,603 professional games. This was recorded before he was relieved of his duties up at Middlesbrough. And over the next hour, you hear an honest reflection of a fantastic career. You're listening to Neil Warnock, record breaker, here on TalkSport. A very, very good day, Neil. And were you aware that it was so many, Neil? Actually, I wasn't until uh, till TalkSport rang me up. When, he, when they said that Alan Brazil is going to do an, an hour-long programme or something, I thought, well, it's got to be something special to get you out of bed. Well, um, you, you said you're getting divorced to take another job. My missus <laughs> is thinking about it now. She says, where are you going? It's Tuesday. <laughs> I know, I know. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's great. I, I just can't see it happening again, Alan, with the way managers, the, the, what the pressure on managers now, the social media, you know, it's... Uh, it, it's uh, you know I'm 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 looking forward to a break, but I will miss that training ground patter. Which sure. you, know, you um, can't get anywhere else, can you? So over sixteen hundred is phenomenal. Can you remember your first game in charge, getting your chance? Uh, I can't remember who who we played, but my first game actually was was properly was Gainsborough Trinity, Alan, and yeah. I remember the the chief. Well, the the guy he ran the league actually, Ken Marsden they call him Northern Premier League, and he ran the league, and everybody told me he picked the team that he got the managers in, and I was a young manager, and I remember he he came up to me before the game, and are you are you playing so and so, and I said no no, well 
the boardroom, they, they think you should play. So oh, dear. So, so, so. <laughs> you know, so I thought, well, I've got to start somewhere here. So I said, uh, no, I'm not actually, Ken. I, I said, well, you know, have to see me after, won't you? And the kid, they didn't want me to play, scored two goals and we won. And when I come off the pitch, he was waiting for me and he said, Neil, we'll have to get that lad signed up now. He's not signed on proper contract. And I thought, yeah. this is 90 minutes later. But that was good for me, because yeah. I realised... If you don't do your own thing, even though you're panicking, Back your own you, you've no chance. Yeah, so it was a good, it was a good, good background for me. That, but you could have been cheeky and said, "Well, you didn't want to play him in the first place." I told him, "Look, have a good ninety minutes. I'm letting you go after the game, regardless what happens." You watch him go. <laughs> yeah, right? I weren't that. I weren't that clever at that time, Alan. I would have said that now, but I don't think I'd have been. I weren't as clever at that time to think about that. I just looked at him and I thought, "How stupid do you sound now?" You know, I, I, I didn't have to say it really. So Gainsborough Trinity, was there any manager that you absolutely thought, oh, I've, I've got to be like him? You know, you model yourself on him? Or, no, you but know? in them days, it wasn't a, a football league manager in, the, in those days that I modelled. I was in the Northern Premier League. It's a good league. Yeah, and there, there was a lad, Mur, Bob Murphy, who was manager at uh, Mosley. They were the best team. They were big, physical. They always beat everybody, and they were over in Lancashire. Yeah. And I thought, I want to get a team on this side of the Pennines to compete with him. And and eventually, all right, I left and went to Burton Albion, but I built a team at Burton Albion that could go to Mosley and win, and that, that's when I thought I've arrived. You know, when and Bob Murphy said, you're doing well today, son, you. Uh, I thought, well, that's when I arrived. So it was. How did you combat that then? How did you combat a big, strong side like Mosley? I built another big, strong side, but right. we one or two good players as well, uh, and we just competed, and we were just better in in, the, in that particular season. But it was a, you know, it was a good grounding for me, and you know, everywhere from there onwards, it was another step, you know, to go to from Burton to Scarborough it was another step because Scarborough. The pitch at Scarborough, the the stands and the surrounding, that was like the Manchester United of non-league. It yeah. was the elite. Was I remember really? going up there before I got the job, Alan. There was an RAC box just in a lay-by about half a quarter of a mile before there. And I, I drove in. I was in, in raggy arse clothes like. And I, I took my clothes out and went behind the RAC box and got really? changed for the, for the interview. So it was. And uh, what sort of crowds was, were they getting in those days, Neil? They were getting... Yeah, they were Did getting you get a couple half, of thousand? Yeah, two and a half, three thousand, yeah. It was a fabulous place, Scarborough. So it was it was good to put them back on the map, so to speak. And, uh, uh, you, know, you know, like I said, they were all good. And I was still coropody in then, I was still part-time. I was still cutting toenails and doing ingrowing, you know, and all them other things you do. You know you make me wanna kick my heels up and down, throw my hands up and down, throw my head back and down, come on. A lot of people were surprised how articulate and 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 how knowledgeable that it wasn't just a rant on the touchline. Referee for the, you know a linesman official having a go at. Were you always outspoken as a player, Neil, or did that gradually grow on you in terms of coaching management, where you had to give people a rollicking? Now, I, I when I was playing, I actually was talking throughout the game to different people, even though I was a winger. I was still talking to centre forwards to make runs and full backs and all sorts, and it just seemed to carry on from that floor, really. But, but I, I realised early doors I were never going to get to the top as a player. I hadn't got the brain for it, Alan. I, I, they used to open the gates. <laughs> they used to say, open the gates at Rotherham, and he'll run out of them. 
and as I got older, believe it or not, I got a better. I became a better player when I lost a bit of my speed because because I could think of it then. Whereas I was just like a balloon let go uh, early on in my career. But that that's so many fast, pacey wingers, especially kids coming through, lightning fast, but final ball let them down. Yeah, but it is that final third, isn't it? When you look at the top players, they see things. I mean, when I used to look at Daglish and things like people like him, they, they see things that you've never even thought of, really. Yeah. And it, it just makes it look so simple. And the wide players... I mean, you know, George Best was the was the one, wasn't he, that there's no words could explain him. I mean, on them pitches and all, people forget that the pitches that these lads played on. Forward to Best. Oh, he's going to get number five. Yes. Beautiful football by the young outside right, George Best. The boy with the beetle haircut. You know, where it's now, it's like a flaming bowling green, isn't it, where they, you know, they play on. The beauty is that the, 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 the top 1%, Look at Salah at the moment. You know, you know, you show him why you go inside and vice versa. Amazing. Whereas, I always remember as a kid in Glasgow, Neil, we were always taught when you hit the byline, always cut it back to the penalty spot. Don't try and beat everyone at the near post. Cut it back and and defend midfield players coming in, try to get in the box, would realise that. And they'd be lining up to hit that penalty spot as someone was hitting the byline. And the amount of goals we used to get off it was amazing. I know, and it's simple. It's just a simple... I always said to my lot, really, the most difficult ball is a simple one, isn't it? And the top strikers, they make the runs. You know, they, they go with the defender, and all of a sudden they change. And they either get across the front for a, a knocking or they drop off the back post. And it, it's good to see. I've got a couple of good young lads at the moment here. Uh, one in particular up front, he makes really, really good runs. He's only 18 years old, Josh Coburn, and uh, you know I love to see that type of thing in a in a in a, in a young lad. Are these kids more confident, Neil, than when we were kids? You know, because when I first got my chance reserves, and then first team with Bobby Robson, I was I was not petrified, but I was so scared of not playing. You know, giving the ball away and 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 not doing, not playing as well as I could. But nowadays they come in and they're just full of it. Oh, they are. They've, no, we weren't like this. They, they're so confident. This, the ability's so good. And even I, sometimes I'm gobsmacked with some of the things that they do. When I first started at Chesterfield in 68, in my reserve game, I remember playing at Newcastle. And we turned up at Newcastle. There were 11,900 people watching the Central League game, Alan, for Chesterfield. Wow. And yeah. I've never seen all like it. And and it was just it was just an an amazing experience. Dave Blakey, who was just retiring then, he had one of the he still had his you know the the boots the front of the boots solid. Yeah, you know they were like cement, weren't they, on the front of the boots? He did. But... He did. And Dave Blakey still played in them bloody things since 1968. Yeah, bless him. What about is there anything sticks out that went drastically wrong for you, especially in the early days? When I took over at Burton Albion, it was Ben Robinson, who's still the chairman now, great bloke, and I knew that he'd give me a chance in management. The first press conference, and I said, well, I am to, you know, I'm going to win something in the next two years. Mistake, big mistake. <laughs> you, can't, you can't promise that. So, of course, second, the second season, they were all onto this quote that I made. But I did win the League Cup at, oh, at Main Road at uh, Man City's ground against Macclesfield. And uh, it was a great, that was a great night to win the cup because they'd not won much for a bit. And it was, you know, so I don't, I don't think I remember th- too many things. I mean, every club 
that I've been at, there's been highs and lows, and there's been difficult periods where I know that if this, if I lose this particular game, I'm in big trouble. Yeah, and and manage to come out of those those games and 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 move on. Uh, I mean, at Burton, I had five good years. In the end, I actually got sacked at Burton. People think I just moved to Scarborough, but I didn't. Um, I mean. Uh, Dave Meller, who took over, who was a, a secretary when I was there, he they they sacked me at uh, at Burton, and it probably the best thing that ever happened to me, really, because I went up to Scarborough. And it, careers are like that, Malin, aren't they? When I was out to work at Burton, I went for the Hyde United job. Yeah. And they played on a plastic pitch, and I went over, saw the Hyde people, and I really I thought, oh, I want this. It's only over the Pennines, and I had a good interview, and then they rang me and said. Um, they were giving it Peter Rag, another great bloke who I've had some battles with, Peter Rag. Uh, and they give it Peter Rag. And I was gutted. And then next week, I went to watch Gouldtown versus Gainsborough. And because th- and my mate, yeah, Les Harris, who I played at Barnsley with, he was at Goul and he said, they need a, they need a manager. Come and have a look. So I went to look and I didn't realise until I got there that Gainsborough needed a manager and all. So as I'm waiting for Les, the chairman of Gainsborough walks down in front of me. So I thought, a note to, a note to lose. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Chairman. I said, you know, blah, blah, who I was. I said, uh, if you're ever looking for a player manager, I said, uh, I'd definitely consider it. I think your club's got really good potential, I'm sure. You know, and I said, I want to get to the very top, but I'm sure that, uh, you know, your club, I could do a job for you. I'd just give him my number. And so there was no job. real agents around like that, Neil, on your no. agent. Get me a job. Get me back in. No, not in them days, no. I mean, I had to do my own. It was uh, it was good, though, because if I'd have got the high job, I would never have done what I've done. So the Gainsborough thing was people just like walking out the dressing room, the chairman of Gainsborough, and then the Scarborough thing. I was at Nuneaton Borough one day watching Scarborough, and I was going to be assistant manager at Nuneaton Borough to this guy. can't even remember the lad's name. And uh, the Scarborough chairman was at the bar, and I went yeah. up and introduced myself, and... He's talking about they needed a manager. They, no, they don't need. He said, uh, uh, "Well, and it, all our, our managers, all our players will have to live in Scarborough. You know, I, I, that's what I'm going to insist." So I said, "Well, you'll never get any success, Mr. Chairman, if you don't mind me saying so, because <laughs> there aren't enough good players in Scarborough. But where I live, Sheffield, that's only an hour and a half away. You know, and uh, and you get your players coming from everywhere, then Leeds and Bradford, all these places. And anyhow, I shook his hand and went, and then won't be tired it." The week after, I get a phone call, will I go up for an interview? But obviously now, you can't just go up the bar and have a drink with a chairman of a football club. You can down at that level, but not, you know... Now, Alan, it's more devious, isn't it? The agents now are already speaking to them. And the number of clubs that I've been at, the QPR, where agents, certain agents, I won't go into names, (laughs) very famous agents, ringing the owners up all the time, you know, you need my manager, my manager here is the best thing since last bread, you need to get rid of Warnock and all that lot. Yeah. You know, and that happens all the time now, so I'm not a big fan. Um, I don't, uh, you know, I know you've got to look after yourself, but I think when somebody's in a job. But a lot of the chairmans, you know, a, a lot of people would not have too much respect for the chairmans because it works both ways, doesn't it? They'll get a player in, it doesn't work, they'll say to the agent, you've sold me a dud, but get them out and get me another. You know, the, so the, the the chairmans and the agents are working closer together. Yeah, they do. I mean, I've been lucky in respect. I've had some crack. If you look at the successes I've had, most of them I've had great chairmen. You know, Derek Dooley at Sheffield United was an amazing man. Mehmet Dalman at, down at, uh, at Cardiff last few years has been superb. Steve, I wouldn't be back in the game now if it weren't for Steve Gibson because, yeah. quite frankly, I'd finished then and again. 
and um, he just said to come and help him out, which I did. And above all else, talk sports, Simon Jordan. You know, he was all, he was slaughtered in certain medias. You know, all his makeup and his flamboyancy and all that. He was unbelievable as a chairman, as good as I've ever had. Why Neil Warnock? I've been a big admirer of Neil's for years. Nobody else. There was nobody else around. <laughs> and he's cheap because he represents everything I want in a football manager. Uh, he's a winner. I think he has a desire to be successful. He gets his players going. He's a manager. He leads. And that's what I think this football club needs. So that's the reasons why it's Neil Warnock. Well, that's Sorry, coming over now, Neil, on radio and broadcasting. Uh, Again, people say, what does he know? Now I they know. listen to Simon. They realise he knows a lot about the business oh, side of it. He's articulate. He, he, and he never says things without knowledge. He's so knowledgeable, it's untrue. Uh, and I, I could listen to him all day, me. And I never forget, a good chairman always helps you out when you're not doing well. And I remember us getting beat by Scunthorpe at Palace. Two or three nil at home, and I were going to pass it. I can't do any more with this lot. And the lad said, "Well," and in walked Simon Jordan into my room. And he said, "Are you all right, Neil?" I said, well, "I'm not really, Chairman." I said, "Blinking, it were bad that one." He said, "I said, might have to look at you know what you're going to do really." Yeah. Rubbish, he said. Rubbish. You're the man for the job. You're you're better than that. You can't just let one game like that put it. You know that type of thing, Alan. I went out six foot tall again. Yeah. You know I'm I'm going to sort this out. He's going to let me sort this out and. And it changed, you know, and, and that's what a chairman is. You don't see those types of chairman when it's all finances and that, do you? It's, you know, it, it, it's just, he, he was unbelievable. And like I say, I'm looking for TalkSport because I'm sure the people that listen to TalkSport love, love listening to Simon. Oh, they do. Um, what about um, director of football, Neil? All the big boys need a director of football. They say we're miles behind Europe. Are we? Do we need a director of football? Did did uh, Fergie listen too much to a director of football? Did Jose, did uh, Wenger, did these people listen? You know, I'd, I, I, <laughs> I it's not it, for me, by the way. I know. I just think it's cosmetic. I think it's fashion, isn't it? It's just fashion. Everybody thinks you've got to have a director of football because that's how we do things. And, you know, and, and, and you know, it, do, it does make it in times when you look at the people that they appoint and you know, you know, wow. But that's that's with the way football's gone. Uh, owners want people that they can deal with really well because a lot of owners can't really deal with the manager. They try, but they know that they're out of the depth with managers. So they get a director of football in so they can you know yeah. talk and, and get you know do what they want to do. What about um, one interesting fact? I just can't work it out. You know, I have the odd bet and stuff like that, and I, I look at the clock and. 90 minutes are up, you think, lovely. The amount of late goals in the Premier, why is that, Neil? It's just lack of concentration, really. It's just, it only takes one player to, to lose the concentration and, and you get punished. And, and, and it's just like losing a game, isn't it? You know, when you come off the pitch and you've just got a goal against you in 95th minute, you, you know, you, it's a t you feel like you've lost the game. And it, it happens to everybody. You know, it's happened to me this year as well. But we've had the, the other side of the coin where we've scored late goals. Can you continue, yourself or do you get in that dressing room, kicking doors or get in there, or, you know, if you get a goal? Yeah, I, I mean, I do. You know me, I, I love the dressing room. I let them have, I let them have the, the, the two or three minutes where they're all talking and if they're doing well, everybody wants to talk. And then I'll always settle down and just have a few words about the game, the result, where we're going. 
just to keep the feet on the floor if it's if it's a you know and if it's the other way if it's a bad result i still sit them down and i say listen we've all had days like this yeah no, i think you you've got to be careful i'm a manager that i don't give as many rollickins when they have a bad game than they do when they have a good game yeah I know that sounds that yeah. sounds silly but i think when they've had a bad game they know it and we've got to look at the next game how i'm going to get the best out of them for the next game and that's not by rollicking them it's by telling them how good they are and what they're good at and and getting that way whereas a lot of managers have a go at them because they've lost i've I've never been like that alan really i've always gone the other way ray parler tells me wenger would just say you know it's not good enough i'll talk to you monday and walk out yeah he did that he did that (laughs) he was whereas i can see fergie sandwiches going cups going boots flying Oh, he's Scottish, isn't he, like you? <laughs> you, you get carried away, you lot. But, uh, I mean, Wenger. Oh, I tell the story, Alan. I think it was my thousandth game with Wenger. And we were stood in the new dugouts at, at the Emirates. And they're, they're 50 yard apart, aren't they? Yes. The, the dugout. And I was in the middle of the centre circle. And I'm looking up at Wenger because he's massive. And I'm looking up and I said, Arsene, look at the dugouts. I said, you'll never hear me today. And he just looked at me, he looked down at me, then he looked across at one dugout, and then he looked slowly across at the other dugout, and he went, Neil, you will find a way. <laughs> but he did. Well, he, he, he did he, people like yourself, Big Sam was another one who used to get to him, wasn't he? Sam Allardyce, he used oh, to get always. to Arsene Wenger. Yeah, he did. Uh, I used to laugh when I used to see his comments before a game, Arsene. And no matter, everybody knew that Sam were winding him up, but he still, he still fell for it, didn't he? Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. What about mates in the game? Uh, you know, I, when when you go from club to club, you you, you obviously you, there's the staff. You, if you can, you take with you. How important is that? Have you got real good mates in the game, Neil, or is it just basically count them on one hand? Oh, count them on one hand. I think if you count, if you get friends, if you can count them on one hand, you're very lucky. You, you, uh, we got, we all get a lot of acquaintances, but friends. If you've got a handful, you've done well in your lifetime, I think. Mm. I've been very lucky. Early on in my career, I had a, a, a lad called Paul Evans, who's still with me. Uh, not still with me, but I still talk to him quite a lot. Uh, he, he sort of 
uh, was very good foil for me because I'd go daft and he'd calm me down and things like that. And then over the years, I've had Mick Jones, who's been superb for me. And then now I've got Ronnie Jepson and Kevin Blackwell. Kevin's been with me since my Scarborough days, on yeah. and off. He, he's had, uh, you know, he's had periods away from me. You know, and I saw Barry Fry last weekend against Peterborough. Oh, uh, oh and, you know, it was just like old times, me and him. That was the greatest year for me, Scarborough, when we won the league. Did he play for Man United? He keeps telling me he did. He did. That's what he tells me, yeah. yeah. I think he was ball boy, but he does say he played. <laughs> well, he wasn't a centre-forward, that's for sure, was he? No, he wasn't, no. But great lad, great lad. And characters, uh, are they going out the game, Neil, now? Yeah, I think so now. I think um, you, you, you'll get the odd one, but, I mean, to be fair, Alan... You've got to be so careful what you say now. You're on radio, you know. You can't yeah. say anything. You can't crack a joke about any subject. It's, um, it's sad, you know, I think. I, I, I you know, well. I'm like you. I'm at the twilight of my career. And I, I find that I, the, the times I want to really say something, hold on a minute, and, and I think, no, that don't. You can't win. You can't win nowadays. I know. I know. That's sad. I mean, it's... It is sad. I mean, I do enjoy my press conferences. I try and I try and make people laugh and have a, a smile at my press conferences. I enjoy them on a Friday morning because up here they are good people, North East, and they've, they've all been through a lot of you know this pandemic. I mean, you know, everywhere around the country, but it has been terrible. And I just try and put a bit of. I like to think that that I've brought a bit of laughter and humour to people you know I remember the Cardiff when I got the job the number of people that said when I went down there well we didn't want you Warnock I've got to tell you I didn't like you before but I'm glad yeah. you're here now yeah you know I think you've got to turn the show them what you can do and then I've always thought if if young lads go home after the game and they're talking about that shot and that header that clearance that save you know it, it I'm not one for 25 passes in their own half Alan no. I'm not a long ball I mean, you, they're talking about me being a dinosaur and all that lot. But, you know, you look at West Brom and, and teams like that, they're ten times more longer ball than us. And do you know what you mentioned there about the North East? You know, the fans they get, especially the travelling fans, you know, Sunderland, Newcastle, Butter, you know, amazing travelling fans, they deserve a bit of success. Yeah. Why can't Something they have it? Is, is it just lack of money? No, I think, I mean, we had 700 people, over 700 at Cardiff on Saturday for a 12.30 kickoff. They were leaving at 2 o'clock in the morning, Alan, to get to Cardiff. 700 people. It's an incredible sport when you can make their weekends, really. The yeah. journey back up would have been fabulous. My biggest regret, probably, in football, when I was at Notts County, I turned Chelsea down. I went to see Bates twice down in London. I got stuck in traffic. I thought, this isn't me, really, this. They had a decent team. I think Ian Porterfield took over after yeah. when I turned it down. But then I, I got offered the Sunderland job. Uh, Bob Murray offered it me. And it was the club. Uh, Mick Jones, my assistant, he was Sunderland mad. He couldn't believe it. So I said, look, uh, my, my mate, uh, Mike, uh, Malcolm Crosby, I played with it all this year. Yeah, I remember. They put, him in, they put him in temporary charge. And I thought... I can't bloody stab not Malcolm. So I said, look, Bob, I'll wait till you get knocked out of the FA Cup. He was caretaker manager, mm. and I'll take over. And they got to the final. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought, well, that's fate, isn't it? That, that were never meant to be. Yeah. So uh, I, I didn't get that job. But that's, that's the job I wish I would have had. It's, uh, I, I mean, the crowds they get up here is fantastic. Yeah. All of them, Newcastle, Sunderland, Middlesbrough. It's a great area for... And they're all passionate about the 
about the club and they all want the best out of it. Sure. So it's, I mean, Sunderland hopefully will come back up and, and uh, into, into the championship next year with, with Lee Johnston. They're doing well this year. Uh, Newcastle, hopefully, I mean, they've just got to stay up. Yeah. They can't be thinking about When they came down last time, I remember they played us at QPR last game. There were thousands, Alan, thousands outside the ground that couldn't mm. get a ticket. They were everywhere and they beat us. And I remember going on pitch and I said to, I think it was Adele Tarab, the Moroccan lad I had, Adele, you know next year, this will be us. Yeah. You mark my words, this will be us. And and to, and, and, and following year we got promotion. It was, it was amazing. But the Newcastle fans, wow, they got, you know, the numbers. He's, he's one of the players that I've heard you talk about many times, Neil. I almost said, as he let himself down, because of the amazing talent that he has. Tarapt. The checks have come out now. Oh, brilliant. Through the legs of Allen. Is there a finish? There is! Brilliant! Tarapt! What a signing by Neil Warnock. What could you, if you'd have got him early enough, what would you, what would you have changed about him? Because I can tell when he was on his game, you didn't want him getting in his own half. Don't give him the ball. No. But in the final third... He was magic, wasn't he? He was, but there's no way I could have put up with him more than 18 months. I mean, I was when I went in there, it was summer's day the first day I went in, and, we, and I always say, get your pads on, we'll have a game, a short, small-sided game, Alan. I used to see you, who pulled out of tackles, who didn't end a ball, all that lot. I thought, I'll get a good impression. So the guy who stood outside of me telling who they were, and he come to him, and he, this guy, sunny day, got gloves on, a neck <laughs> thing on, a warmer, uh, long chons on his bloody trousers. So he says, I said, who's that? He said, that's Tarab Berghaf. You, you don't want to know about him. So what do you mean? He went, he'll get you the sack. Wow. I said, he'll get me the sack? Yeah, yeah, easy. Honestly, just forget about him, he said. So I said, all oh, right. So at the end of the game, he got so much ability. So at the end of the game, <laughs> I pulled him into me at halfway ladder. I can see his face now, yeah. his gloves and all that. I said, Adele, people here say, you will get me the sack. No sack. I said, no, yeah, you will get me the sack if I play you. Yeah. No, no. I said, well, you, we play West Brom first game, top of the league. Yeah. I said, you know, West Brom, Saturday. I said, well, I'm going to play you. I said, and you know, if you are, oh, I can't say that on radio, I don't think. <laughs> um, if you're bad, I said, I'm going to play you the following game. And you know, if you're bad the second game, I'm going to play you the third game. And he's thinking, if I'm, I'm bad, I'm going to be playing. I yeah. don't understand what he's talking about. Yeah. I says, because you are going to keep us up this year and then we're going to have a go next year. Mm. So I said, but you don't get me the sack, do you? He went, no, 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 no. So after that first training session, I banned our defenders from passing to him in our half. Yeah. Because he'd go and get the ball off centre half, not make somebody, not make somebody <laughs> else, then lose it and we'd score a goal. Yeah. So we've, we ch- we've paid 50 quid out. Uh, I think it was Clint Till who only one that got fined. Uh, but the, but we, we, we paid 50 quid, everybody, anybody that gave him the ball. And I used to find him if he come in the half. So, but ability-wise, Alan, yeah. he was good. I mean, the, that year, I could write a book just on that one year, getting promotion, the, the problems he gave me on and off the field. But he was the most skillful I've ever seen. He, he got us promotion. He was, he was just unbelievable. He went from us when I left. And uh, I said to him, you'll never have another 
He'd never have another time like that, Al, because yeah. he, he wasn't disciplined enough. He got a Shame. 50 grand a week somewhere, Benfica or somewhere, and he's, he's had a great contract without playing on. And he reckons that, he, that he's never been fitter now. He said to me last year, I'll come and play for you again. Yeah. And I texted him back saying, I just haven't got enough migraine tablets to, <laughs> to, to have you playing for me, Adele. Yeah. Uh, but a but he was that lad. good. Oh, he was unbelievable. Uh, we played at Cardiff, and uh, they had... Um, Boothroyd, Bellamy, all them playing yeah. uh, near the end. They were they were going to catch us if they beat us, and they scored two goals. They were one nil up, and then and then he he did a bit of magic from a corner kick, and it won each. Then Bellamy scored two one, and it looked bleak, and then just one bit of magic two two, and that's when we knew we were going to get promotion. Queens Park Rangers promoted, worthy champions. The fans celebrate. The players are going berserk. Neil Warnock is on the pitch, waving his arms around like a windmill. The R's are going up. He could just do anything he wanted with the ball. But like I said to you, I made him captain. I got all the lads together. I said, look, lads, I'm going to give him the captaincy because we'll get another 20%, 25%. He'll not have a go at referees as much if he's captain. But you're all captain, so forget the armband. Yeah. You know, and, and it did. It got so a bit was, more uh, out of it. It was in his mind. It was mind games. Yes, it was all the time. Uh, but lovely lad as well. Smashing lad. Yeah. Oh, well, we wish him well. Wembley. Great memories of Wembley, Neil. Yeah, blinking like four, four playoff finals. And That's four amazing, wins. really. I mean, it doesn't come any better than that, does it? Al? Really. What was your um, What was your favourite? There weren't one favourite really. I mean, the first one, Notts County, I suppose, because it was the first one. I mean, that's one of the oldest clubs in the world, or the oldest. Who was club it? In the was world. it Jimmy Cyril? Yeah, and they hadn't been to Wembley for God goodness knows how many years, 1930, I think, or that might have been Huddersfield, I can't remember. <laughs> but uh, but not count, we took in, taking the, the fans we did and then, the, you know, the coming back up the motorway and round. They were, they were good ones and, you know, then the same group of players with only one or two additions then went straight up the following year through the playoffs. We went uh, to the top flight, you know, and it was, we didn't have hardly any, any differences. You know, he was a bit careful with his money, the chairman there, Derek Pavis. And uh, when we got to the top flight, Al, we didn't have pre-matches. He put these airline, aircraft things in, hangers, whatever they call them, on the bus. We used to have pre-cooked meal. We used to pull up in a lay-by. Really? And have, on, in the Premier League, in the top flight, Division 1 then, wasn't it? Amazing. Uh, but, 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 but Plymouth was special in the fact that they'd never been to Wembley. There's the trophy for more than 30,000 Devon supporters. It's Plymouth Argyle. And get promotion. Well, it's, it's, it's nice when you've obviously got the right result, but it's a long season, it's very hard work, and as you saw today, it's quite an emotional carry on, isn't it? This Wembley job. Cornwall to Wembley's a long way, you know, and the green and white scarves, you know, we turned up there. I mean, there was, I think there were 40 odd thousand and 35 from Plymouth. It, it was unbelievable. So that's why you should be a Celtic supporter. The, the way you said green and white I there, know, Neil. I, yeah, I know. The Green Army, they call them. Do they still call Green... Are they called the Green Army up there? Uh, no. ish, ish. Not really. Yeah, no. Well, this is the Green Army. These are people that come from St. Ives to go and watch Hartlepool. You know, so cut, uh, and my man and his son at Hartlepool, when we played at Hartlepool, and he was behind this big gate. There's a big gate at Hartlepool. And he, he shouted, can you, can you sign my lad's autograph, please, Neil? So I went over. I said, Blinky, hey, you must have set off about six o'clock this morning, didn't you? Little lad said... Two o'clock, we said, Tom. Oh, really? <laughs> Who's the three managers, Neil, 
I know it's difficult, but who's the three? Fergie's got to be one, but who's the three that you'd, you know, you had to try and get one over on? I think anybody, really. I think, you know, Wenger, I, I respect Wenger more than anybody, you know, and to get one over on him. But it must have uh, killed you. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. What? No, no, no. He didn't touch him. I didn't see it. I, you know, that. I, I nearly kicked the telly in. And I wasn't <laughs> no. against him. No, but we, one of my games was at Bramall Lane against Arsenal. And funnily enough, the first game I went to Bramall Lane, I was only about four or five short trousers with my dad. And we used to get off the tram and run up Bramall Lane and then up, get through the turnstile. Sometimes I'd sneak under the turnstile so my dad, so we didn't have to pay. And then we'd run up the back of the cop. You could smell the hot dogs at the top yeah. with a wooden hut. And then, and then as soon as you got past the hut, you'd look in, onto the field, floodlights were full of my first game. Wow, the green grass and the, then the red and white shirts come out. You know, things like that always stop with me. So when I was man, I took over there, Derek said to me, you know, when he, he interviewed two of us and then he said I got the job. And I went to Bramall Lane that night, I was in Bury. And I went, drove over, and I just sat in my car at the back of the car park for about two hours, looking at Sheffield United, Bramall Lane, you know, and uh, thinking about my mum and dad who would have been so proud then. Yeah. Uh, and then the game against Vivenga was, we were played in one night, and we were really playing well. And I never used to have a goalie on the bench, Alan, because you already had four, whatever subs were. And so I thought, well, I waste a goalie. Yeah, well, when Jags, you played and I played, there was one sub. Yeah, I know. Well, Jags, Jags was a good. Jags could do anything. Uh, Phil Jagielka, mm. he was the best at everything he did. He could play tiddlywinks. He'd be play for England. You know, he was one of them. So we thought, oh, he's all right. He used to do a bit of training. And then Paddy Kenny against Arsenal, he pulled his groin out to come off, and Jags went in oh. goal. Paddy Kenny's now injured, and they do not carry a substitute goalkeeper on their bench. Like Swap, he's going to wear Paddy Kenny's. Uh, Top. I thought he's uh, on standby all the time. They might have a goalkeeping jersey with Jackie Elf's own name on it. Jags went in the goals, and then just I think just before he come off, he turned on the halfway line and turned the centre half of Arsenal, and went through and slotted one past Seaman. So we're winning one nil, and then Paddy goes down. So Jags goes in the goal, and then <laughs> Jags full three four great saves off. Oh, here's Batista though. And it runs for Van Persie, and Jagielka shows that to call him a standing keeper is probably a bit unfair. You could see Wenger absolutely distraught, you know, on the bench, picking on everything. You know, we were time-wasting it all out loud, yeah. but you were mourning at everything. But they couldn't score. Jags pulled some great ones off. So that was probably as good a win when that whistle went. And, uh, and how was Arson to? Did he storm off or did he shake your hand? No, no, he, no, never. He's always been good with me, Arson. You know, I said to him, it's a good job we haven't got a full team, Arson. We might have got two or three more, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Same with when I were down there with me, Thousand. He always took, they always said to me, he's a bit funny, Arson. You know, when I speak to other managers, you know, he doesn't have a drink with you and all that lot. That's a load of rubbish with me. I yeah. used to go in after the game and he'd invite me into his office. I had the kids down one day, took the kids in. Had photographs with the kids, and it was. Just I wonder, I wonder if he's missing it, Neil. Yes, definitely. I'm not bothered with what you say, Alan. 
it's like me, you, you can't give in. And it's not the same when you're in an office and you do whatever he's doing. He, he, he knows he could do a better job than him or him or him. And it, yeah. it's so hard. But I suppose, you know, you, you might have other things in your life that's not as, you know, stressful and what have you. Um, but he will be missing it, Ali. It's, it's, it is a, a bug. So when, when it's all over, is it, uh, you, can't, you can't buy another bloody tractor, can you? Listen, it's a fallacy, that, you know. I've said to you before, I've only got one old tractor, 1953. She's lovely. And I only use it to cut weeds at times. And, so, and then they say, I've got a farm. I've got a couple of fields. You know, it's always he's got a bloody big farm and tractors and anyhow. In the end, I stopped. And the vineyards in it. Italy, of course. I know. I stopped <laughs> denying it and just just get on with it. But no, I think we've we've got a place in Italy. We'd love to. We'd love to have some time now. Sharon's, you know, she's had her health issues as well. How and, is she uh, now? Is she okay? Yeah, she's smashing. Yeah, we've got two lovely dogs and all, and you know what it's like. We've got two great kids, and yeah. I've got two grown-up kids as well, and. They're all, you know, it's really, it's good. I, I do have to spend some time now. I will miss that plane. It does frighten me, Alan, when I pack in, how I'm going to, you know, get that. But uh, I'm hoping that I can still do talk sport in the morning to get my mind ticking over. Do you know what I mean? And home, will it always be West Country now? Yeah, always, yeah. It's a, it's a different world. We talk about society and internets and what do you call social media, yeah. and things like that. Cornwall is unique. There's no wonder that this pandemic has told a lot of people to get down to Cornwall because it's a, it's a, it, Devon and Cornwall is a, they're special places. They always said to me when I went down, you'll you'll find it difficult with the locals because they don't like people coming in from. But uh, they've been brilliant with me, absolutely brilliant. And I've tried to repay that with the clubs I've been at. I've always tried to take them to Cornwall for a week to let the fancy decent clubs down there playing on non-league grounds and. You know, we've always played Bodmin and Tavistock and places like that. It's it's lovely to, to be able to take your team around. Yeah. When do you think, Neil, when do you think you'll... Will you know it's time to give up? You never say never, do you? But she'd divorce me, Sharon, if I, if I came back again. I think she deserves a bit of time. And uh, like I say, we love Italy. And we like Scotland as well, believe it. And I love going up there and round... You know, around the whiskey places and on. You've either. got to get to the the Outer Hebrides. That's where you've got I'm, to go, right? You, you take the boat. It's a good six hours. Kirkwell out. is that Kirkwall? No, Barra, no. US, South oh, US, North US. US. That's right. Yeah. All around the Outer Hebrides. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd like stunning. to do that, Alan. I'd like to to go to all them because I do like. It does fascinate me up there. I, I do enjoy the type of you know when I get on the ferry, the Western ferry at uh, just past Glasgow to go across to Dunoon. Yes. As soon as I get on the ferry. I don't worry about time. I never speed over there. You never think about going over thirty mile an hour. Yeah. It's a different. It's a different world, isn't it? Yeah. And and that's what I love. I need to slow down a bit. And I think Sharon's looking forward to having some pleasure. She. I mean, it's hard for her. You know. I mean, when she's watching games at home, you know, she has to put gloves on. Sharon, you know, she's biting and you know, picking her fingers and things. And you, you forget about the women in. In the life, and you know, your missus is the same, yeah. It, oh, no, she great. she turns on at four minutes past six just to make sure I've made it, and then she'll put radio two on. Don't worry about that. She just she's worried about me getting paid, that's all. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, that's a bit similar, a bit similar to Sharon <laughs> in that respect. I don't think, uh, but they are so supportive, and the women, and to be fair, I don't think any of us could have done what we've done and been as successful without the women, you know. I think, yeah. uh, you know, Sharon. She does look after me, and I'm I'm so 
you know, place where I, you know, I love it to bits and that. And the kids, kids have been brilliant. And it's hard sometimes for kids. I'm glad William now, he played for a bit. And I remember him getting done and somebody saying, that's Warnock's son, are you with yeah. me? And that, he, I hated that, and he did as well. And in the end, he's ended up, he's going to try and teach golf. And he's playing golf, and I'm so pleased he's not in football. Yeah. He's a good golfer, and he's got a chance of going, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping over the next few years I can watch him. But just looking back as well, Neil, finally, football, it's not just its not just the Saturday afternoon. We've seen the world, haven't we? Football, for me, gave me an education. You know how to eat properly in best restaurants, different languages, going around the world, different cultures. We're very, very lucky. We are lucky. That, that's why, I know it sounds silly, I do enjoy my sportsman's dinners, if I'm honest, Al. Uh, without planning any speeches or I love talking about my stories that crop up even though I've not planned them I do like going round and I, I will do a few when I finish because you know places like Bristol where I've always had some stick and that have you yeah. I, I do respect them I, that was I've the first ground I ever played at Ashton Gate Alan Dix yeah yeah Alan well yeah that's right I mean it was but you know it's a, it, it's nice even though they give me stick and what have you I know they respect me as well deep down and I think that's all you can ask as a manager. Um, you get the respect from them. And it, it's the same in the championship now. It's a hard league this year. You know, there's some a lot of money at the top end from the you know parachute payments. And parachute payments don't guarantee you anything. I'm not bothered what you say. Yeah, you've got a better chance. You've got yeah. a bigger squads. But, it, you know, it's it, I've always sort of battered away with the underdogs and that. And here we are again. You fill up my senses. Come fill me. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on talk sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.